<laughs> kind of have to have the microphone plugged in if you're going to do a podcast. Back, back to the basics. That's okay. Yeah. Well, all right, everybody. What? What? It's the podcast. Uh, here we go. We're recording. Where the music playing? Yeah, the music. Now that's. Hey, everybody. This is Matt Marr, and I'm with the one, the only, Todd Mayberry. Wow. What's your middle name, Todd Mayberry? It's very southern, Ashley. Oh, it is Ashley. You. Oh my God. Wait, did I tell you the story about Southern Wet Dream? Jesus. I tell you the story about meeting Elizabeth Ashley, who I was named after, and her assistant thinking I, I did a play with her, thinking it was going to be a big moment, went to her dressing room. It's like, oh, she's got to know that, that you were named after her, brought me into her dressing room. And I was like, it was like our, our first day of, uh, of rehearsal. And I was like, Elizabeth Ashley, blah, blah, blah. Told her the whole story about my mother seeing her on Johnny Carson. And she just couldn't care less. Okay, Could no not shit. And just wanted her cigarettes. She's like, oh, where's my cigarettes? And I just kind of slowly backed out. <laughs> That's, she didn't care. She didn't care. No, but she yeah, didn't care. Ty Ashley. Yeah, Ty. Now it's not Tyler. It's just Ty. It's not. No, and that I, is I, country. It is that so, is country. It is so country. But it's so beautiful. Now, listeners, I wish that we were a video podcast because Ty Mayberry was well is gorgeous and was probably one of my first crushes oh, in Los Angeles. No, I'm not kidding. Matt I Mark. would like. Obsessed. You were like, "What color are your eyes? What actually, are they? Blue? They're are they gray? Blue, but they they do change. I mean, they sometimes look very green. Sometimes gray. But I get then that you're a lot. tan. Are I you Native American or something too? I am, but aren't all of us from Oklahoma, no, Texas? I have no, because you're from Texas, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. I have nothing. I have none. I did that DNA thing. They're like, right. nope. I have a little Asian <laughs> in me, which I've never had before. Wow. Whoa. Hello. Okay, sex joke. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Now <laughs> that's true. It's true. Sorry, everybody. Ty and I haven't seen each other for like. Years and so the you, way the, you, you know, sorry to interrupt, but you no, know, interrupt you know, me. You know, it's funny is that you're way more when I talk about you and I say, Oh, yeah, it's a really close friend of mine that we've known forever, but in fact, we, we haven't really seen each other that much. But I feel like the last time I saw you, you weren't even you were maybe dating your wife, maybe now you're married with how old are your twins? Six years old, six, so it's been six. a while, sugar. It has been a while. But but I think I was straight when we first. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been that long. It hasn't been no, that no, long. It has not been that long. <laughs> I know for sure. That, um, yeah, but I talk like, like, oh, yeah, like I feel like we hang out all the time. Don't tell everybody how we met each other. Uh, it was on like a little film set. It was. It was a, a Jake Milley's film. That's right. And right. I did makeup for Bridget Green. That's right. You were. So good in that film. What well, it was called, oh, Hitman, right? It was called Hitman, right? And then I don't know if you ever finished it or what, but we had. I don't think fun. so. They moved back to Texas. Yeah, that whole the whole whole group did. Basically. Yeah, I think Jennifer is still out here. I you think, are. I she think, has a kid now too, right? Yes. Yeah, wow. I think so. Yeah, because so she and I were engaged for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when we broke up, and then we did this film together. It was, it was right actually, after you broke up. Right? It was, and actually was it doing the film. No. And I in think, the film, aren't you supposed to kill? You're wanting to kill I, her. I am. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? I think the I think that actually really helped us. Really. Because we were forced to kind of be professional, mm-hmm. and then we were forced to let all that stuff kind of go, and we got to kind of laughing together on set in between takes, and I think it, I think it really helped. Actually, really? I actually do, yeah. I mean, I can't say I was nervous showing up and how were things going to be, but I think it went a long way. For- so did you already agree to do the film when you were together? Yes, I believe so because that film was a long way in the make. I mean, it oh took my a god, long time. it took him like seven months to make. Took it. Took a long time, and then she and I at the end, boy, it it crashed hard because it was like from what I it was six to eight weeks before our wedding was when oh. she broke it off, 
And oh, she broke up with you. She did. Why and, would anybody break I, up with Ty Ashley <laughs> no. Mayberry? I have no idea. I got to tell you, Matt. Th- I mean, thank thank God she did. In in retrospect, wow, we were just growing apart, and I didn't want to see it. Right? I was like, uh, no, I'm marrying this girl. This is the girl I'm going to marry. You're very kids. that. You seem to used to, used to be that way. You seem to be very. Um, you're like, oh, if I want to run a marathon, I'm going to do it. Like you're very focused. Yes. Are and you I, still that way? I am, but I'm also very, very open to, which when you have kids, you are to going with the flow and understanding that kind of now is all you got. So mm-hmm. if, if your plans don't work out, there's mm-hmm. something else right there for you. But yeah, but back then I was like, this is it. This is my life and my family. And, and when it didn't work out, man, I, I took it hard. But Aww. thank God she was brave enough to stand up and say, this isn't right. Uh, yeah. Because it, it wasn't right. It wasn't right for us to get married. And right. uh um, but yeah, so the film, and then there's there's Matt Marr. There's oh well, Matt I didn't Marr. I didn't make it for my friend Bridget Green, a woman who can never say a short sentence. <laughs> God damn, I love Bridget Green, but the girl can talk. I mean, <laughs> she can talk. And Bridget Green, she'll we I I have a group of friends, and we say even if it's not her, they'll be like, oh, what happened? I'm like, it's a Bridget Green it's story. Br- I can't tell you that. <laughs> Because it's like Bridget Green would tell you a story for 30 minutes and she would stop in the middle. Like we would have to stop the camera. We'd be rolling and y'all would film for like 20 minutes. And then right when you in, she'd be like, so we're on the pier. She, she picked right and up. Right up. <laughs> and you're just like, Jesus. <laughs> but you were so good at being evil. Really? Like crazy good at being evil. Well, thank you, man. Like, no, like, I just was like, I want them to make Hand the Rocks to Cradle 2. <laughs> but I don't know why I said that movie, because that's what the woman, Rebecca, <laughs> that, who was like, because yeah, right, you're going to breastfeed a baby right, and try to kill the mother. That's what you wanted to see. Yeah, I'm good with that. They should make a Hand that Rocks the Gatel with <laughs> a gay you? couple, and you're the nanny that tries to kill one of the husbands. That's it. Ma- write it. Write it. The I'm going to make that. You know, somebody's going to steal Trademark that funny that. Trademark video. it. Trademark that shit. Yeah. So, um, so you're okay. So you're originally from Texas. I am. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. I also want to tell people we're going to talk about your background. I want to talk about okay, that. Okay. Cool. But the reason why Ty maybe is on the sh- I said your name wrong. Ty maybe Ty. I mean, it's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, the guy doesn't have a bit of body fat on him too. I remember no, once not, we had to do like body makeup on you, and I had to like think of like vagina on my face <laughs> just to like be able to show up for that. <laughs> So it was hard. And so anyway, it was, well, it wasn't hard. Well, okay. It wasn't hard because right. I was professional. That's okay. That's okay. But anyway, so yeah. you moved, you're from, te- where from Texas? Houston, born and raised in Houston, lived Dallas oh, yeah. for a year or two, but Houston, yeah. Okay. Um, and then you moved out here when? I did. You know, I worked at the Alley Theater for five yeah, years. Which is, to me, a famous city, but I'm from Dallas. So, yeah. I mean. it, yeah. It's a great regional theater. And then I came out here um, 2003. And then- oh, me too. Uh, oh, really? We just had our 12-year... I moved out here so, to actually September 11th, 2003. Wow. I was like September 1st, 2003. We just... You just had your LA anniversary. I did. It you just, did. 14 even, years. Just, you right. just had it, sugar. It just whipped past. Um, Look at that. Here's and, to that. We'll celebrate that's right. later. But yeah, I... um So came out here and then um just started kind of bartending and going to the beach every day and kind of forgot why I came out. I was, having a a, I was having a great time, though, and I think that's important when you move to a place. especially like talking LA. about that today. Were you? It, yeah. And I think that's why a big group of my friends moved back, got out of here, because the business wasn't working out for really? them. And that's all they saw this place worthy of. Whereas mm-hmm. I really wanted the mountains and the beaches mm-hmm. and the weather and the outdoor. I wanted all that Have stuff. Have you always been Mr. Athletic? 
Oh yeah. I, without, yeah. I mean, there's been a few times in my life where I was like seriously injured, like back surgery and stuff. Oh, wow. And I, I get depressed if I'm not active, if I'm not out doing something, running in the mountains or doing, I mean, I have to really battle it and be sure that I'm not I check in with myself, make oh, sure good for you. I have to be out. So for a couple of years in LA, I kind of forgot about the business and I also found it very daunting coming from the theater where I was given all these great roles as Tony award winning theater. And I played Hamlet on the main stage and then coming out here and having to really fight for film and TV. I didn't know how to do it. I just uh, didn't know. Do you and, do a lot of, I know I keep up with you on Facebook. I know you do like, and we can talk about this later, but you're, yeah. you're like, I mean, just there isn't a theater that you haven't came in. I mean, you're, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm kidding. I don't know what's that. But, but no, you're like, all over in theater. And I'm sure I see you you're in film and television. I just don't have cable or I don't know. Yeah, no, it's uh, honestly the film and TV stuff is, of course, a lot harder and it's a different game. When it comes to theater, I, uh, that's my home. Like I can walk into a theater and I, I, I feel really comfortable. In, and where did you study theater? You know, I, I didn't. I, oh, just, just... I got hired. I went to this little junior college in, in Waco, Texas. Waco? How about that? Dr. Pepper Museum. I've How been there. The, the <laughs> been Dr. There. Pepper. No, well, not only that, but the big thing to do was right at sunset, go out to the Branch D- D- Davidian compound. Oh, yeah. And somebody has spray painted on the ground because the whole thing burned, burned down. down. Spray painted on the ground, like this is where David Koresh would give his speeches, and this is when you'd go out at sunset, and everybody would get all creeped out. That's what you do in that, Wacko. Wow, that's what you would do it in is Wacko. Wacko. Yeah, that's what you would do. But anyways, I was there for less than a year, and then I was not happy. My dad was sick. I went back home and did a small. I just I looked up theater in the phone book, literally back wow. when there was phone books. When there were phone books, boy, that'll yeah. tell you how old I am. And um, yeah, just started doing small theaters, and then the Alley Theater called and said. Come do a show with us and then join us, resident company, one of the only resident companies left in, in the country. And I joined them for five years and got to – that was kind of my school was there doing all those shows there. That makes sense because I've seen you act, and I'm not kidding. You're a fantastic oh, actor. No, you, like Matt. legit – no, you. you're like one of the best actors I've ever seen. And so – no, I'm serious. You're really good. And it's there's some people I think that just have an innate ability and thank I think you. you have that. Well, for thank, sure. Thank you very much. Well, and I, I don't was, cast shit, so well, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sugar. Yeah, that's right. I, <laughs> I yeah. give you nothing what but a hand job that? and a prayer. I'll take both of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> in that order. In that order. Um, but yeah, because uh, you know, you're kind of thrown in there. I, I went to high school right there in Houston, so our high school drama class would go to the alley and watch these fantastic shows, these regional theater big shows. Then all of a sudden, I'm in the. It's like all of a sudden playing shortstop for the Yankees. You're like, oh shit! I'm. I just don't want to drop the fucking ball the first yeah, year. You exactly, know what I mean? Exactly. And so, really, the first year, I'm just trying to keep up, and then you start to kind of come into your own. But you have to learn. Like, you have to get the job done when you're thrown into a big theater. And I was the young man in the company. You know, they put a company together, which kind of fits. You've got kind of your your older man. You got your couple of middle aged guys, yeah. your women. I was the young man in the company. Because it's a lot of it is Shakespeare, right? So you're doing a lot of archetypal roles and stuff like that. Sure, sure. Okay. And we, we did a lot, yeah. Um, and so I was kind of in, see, over four years, I was in like 25 shows because oh, there, was, wow. there was always kind of a young man role in the show. And so that was yeah, the there's one always I the young hot guy. <laughs> there's always that guy. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyway, so that was great training. That was my school. And then I picked up and moved to LA and then just kind of bartended and chilled for a while until the alley called again two years later or a year and a half later and said, why don't you come back and do this show with Dixie Carter? Uh, Shut. Dixie Carter and Hal Holbrook. Uh, rest in peace, oh. Dixie Carter. 
I love that's how that's our husband. Or was our yeah, husband? Fantastic. He's, is he alive? He, he's alive. Yeah. He is alive. He's alive. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's take a pause. Yes. Tell me and, some Dixie Carter, and then I'll get to my Betty White stuff. Look at that. This it's is the, like I just you're dropped. You're so a- fucking gay. <laughs> You probably brought designing one in Golden Girls. Wow. I know. Wow. Okay. I, know. I love this. <laughs> yeah. So they called me back and said, hey, would you like to come back? It was a show that they thought was going to go somewhere. Going to tour, maybe go to Broadway. Okay. Um, Ken Ludwig, the writer. John Rando, the director. Fantastic. And, I, and, you know, I was just kind of here in L.A. not doing anything and wanted to do some acting. Scared of TV and film. So I ran back. Absolutely, I'll go. Um, Dixie, it was, a, a, I think, a five-person show. And how whole Brooke played my uncle, and Dixie Carter played um, the woman I was going to marry, her caretaker. And so it was like them two kind of disagreeing. And mm. We were going to adopt this baby, but we couldn't go overseas. It was, it, uh, it was Scottish. And so the two of them, Dixie and Hal, their characters had to go overseas to get this baby. And hilarity ensued. Um, was oh, su- it was a comedy. Was supposed to ensue, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Um, it was a beautiful production, but it just wasn't ready to really go anywhere. But mm. the loveliest, I can't, I just can't describe Dixie Carter. Just she's the, a true Southern, like she's what the South is about. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. I mean, just love, and she, I'll always remember those two people, how they took their time. And I wish I could put more of that in my life, especially with people, but kind of with everything. They just took their time they were never in a hurry they always were aware of what was in front of them especially if you were sitting in front of them talking to them nothing else in the world existed they just took their time even in rehearsals they really took their time with the words understanding the the play not trying to get to the big moment they were fantastic people Mm. Hal took me to he was a member over there at the Houstonian you know that Mm -hmm. kind of yeah yeah. uh, I couldn't even you know I wasn't allowed 10 miles that place it was sober but he was um, a member there and he would go swimming and he found out that I like to swim so once a week he and I would just go swim laps together at the Houstonian hang out and talk and we talked about his Mark Twain um, oh yeah Mar- oh fantastic um yeah and so they are uh, just beautiful and wow. they were friends of the theater for for a long time um but yeah being around them it was stunning and watching them perform every night and backstage and it was wow. great yeah that was that was wonderful so then i went and i thought oh this show's gonna go somewhere and it never did so then i just came back to la and and that was that, but what a great experience. And then, okay, Betty White, and then we'll get to that. Oh, and then, and then. Sorry, people, we're going off the rails. I'm making up with Tom <laughs> Abey. We are making up for last time, know, we'll, last time, we'll last try, time. We'll try to keep this show under an hour. Um, so I did, last year, I did an episode of Hot in Cleveland last year. Oh, oh, my friend Todd Milliner is the producer of that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, Todd so I did. We're not like good friends, but we're friends. We're it was, friends. It was my, uh, my only, my first and only um, um, multicam, and... Matt Marr, the, uh, I've never kind of seen myself as multicam kind of, you know, guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't really know much about that. I world. love I the format of multicams. Matt Marr, there's nothing better there's in nothing, the world. It's, live, it's the closest to live theater. It's fantastic. You rehearse all week long. The scripts change, come in and out. You have great time rehearsing. Friday night, the audience comes in, and the energy is like nothing else. It's, it's literally, it is the closest to live. Who was it? I was... I can't remember who this celebrity was. It was somebody super famous. Um, 
I don't remember, but they said yeah. it's the closest to life. Th- it was somebody like David Hyde Pierce said that's why he yes. loved it so much. Or uh, that like. makes it's sense. not David Hyde Pierce, but it's somebody like sure, that. Sure, right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was so uh, it was so fun. And then, like, you know, normally you do a, a co-star, even a, even a guest star. You show up, you shoot your scene, you leave. You show mm-hmm. up the next day, shoot your scene, you leave. You but never- this you got indoctrinated in the – Yes, you get to hang out. Like, we hung out in Betty White's dressing room every day to run lines. And I felt like for a week, I was like, man, I felt a part of this. Uh Oh, I, and I've been trying ever since to get back on one. Is she like the? It's, is she wonderful? She has to be wonderful. So yesterday was the 30th anniversary of the Golden Girls, by the way. Yesterday, yesterday, really? the 30th anniversary of the Golden oh Girls premieres God. September 14th. Oh, it's, look at you! Yeah, I yeah, know. Look well, at you, of course. Hashtag faggot. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, she's remarkable. She during shooting. They would constantly have to rewrite the punchline because she would get the laugh on the setup. Her setups were funnier than the punch. Oh, wow. She's that sharp, and she's so funny. And the audiences just eat her up. Oh, yeah. Constantly having to rewrite, because they wouldn't even get to the punchline. The laughs were so good. Um, Just lovely. Never had a script in her hand, right? I don't know Mm -hmm. if this is something that she just does, but always always the first one to, to, to know her lines. Always knew. Never had to tell her you know where to go where to stand you had to tell me three times where i was supposed to stand she was so sharp um, did you ever like lovely. talk to her as far as like one just like a hangout or was she no. kind of in her own thing no i mean i'm sure she was open open to that like but she's very just, open yeah, but we would sit as a cast we would sit her dressing room was like a beauty salon i mean it was just decked out with the most comfortable chairs and couches and the beautiful like uh, um throw rugs and all the flowers like it was the most comfortable relaxing place not like the dear maddie show couch and which... not like although this, <laughs> this i'm getting couch. i'm getting excited i don't know what's happening like it's just it literally you sit in it and it pops your cherry it, it, like it springs are going crazy it gets you it gets you right in the good spot right in but, good spot um but yeah, so beautiful, and we'd sit in there, and she was just lovely and sharp. I mean, her humor, not not only on oh, script, yeah. but in her dressing room. Just in life. Uh, yeah, just. She's so. pretty, uh, she can be a little crude. Yeah, well, at first, you're not sure. Like, is she, is she, jo- is that a joke? And sure enough, absolutely. Sure enough. And just lovely. She just wants everyone to just come into my, just come in, sit down. And, you know, uh, Wendy, Wendy Malick. And oh, Wendy Jane, Malick. Jane is- Leaves. I'm um, just great, great I mean, cast. Speaking Valerie Frasier. Bartinelli. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's like all multi-cam royalty right there. It, yeah, it really was. I'm very lucky to be on the show, and it, it's been a highlight of of my time on it. Great. You should be fun. on a show all the time. God, thank you, Matt. You should. No, I like thank you're you. too. Like you could do. You could be on. Be a, like a famous film actor too. Thank you. I'm I, telling you. I love. Listen, I love the if idea of. TV I get famous before you do. I am help. I am like. You I are will, famous. I am. I am not. <laughs> I'm not. I am today. Yeah. But just today, everybody. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah. Yeah. yeah but well, we can talk commercial. about that. Too. Yeah, let's yeah. Yeah. Talk yeah. About, but, let's talk about that. Okay. Sure. But I want to talk more about you. But um, I. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, you should because the only reason is that you know I was going to. I told my friend I was like, oh, I'm going to do a podcast today, and they're like. You should talk about your commercial. I'm like, well, but the reason, the thing I should talk about is that, so as everybody I think knows, I, mm-hmm. I, I filmed in June the spec commercial. This is, you know what this story is about? This story is about the beauty of timing and how sometimes Grace, God, Judy Garland, Dixie Carter, whoever you believe in, <laughs> are controlling things. Things are happening that you don't, or science, Neil deGrasse, whatever. Yes, right. I mean, I'm a science guy too, actually. Right, so right. What, things are just happening and collaborating for you to be possibly successful because I filmed this commercial in June. It's a, a guy, a director. He's done, 
I think he's even hasn't even done a lot of te- television and film, but he wants to get in commercial directing. And you know the way, the way yeah. it's like when I was a host before I was a host, I went and made a fake kind of demo reel of you hosting things that, and people right. are like, Oh, it's what show is that? And you're like, Oh, not a real one. <laughs> right. Well, so for commercials, they do that for commercials and people spend like thousands and thousands of dollars right. making this because there's so much money in commercial directing and making these commercials that look legit. And so that's what this guy did. It does look legit. That's why I, it does look That's legit. why I kept saying, I swear I saw it on TV. Because no, like, yeah. it looks so legit. I'm like, wow, look, Matt landed another national. No. That son of a bitch. That son of a bitch. No, of- I thought, because we even filmed it. So we filmed it in June. If you haven't seen the commercial, Google Tide commercial gay marriage. And that's the one we're talking about, the Tide to go yeah. pin with the church lady. But we filmed this in June, and it was two weeks before the Supreme Court ruled on gay marriage. Oh. So it was meaningful to do it then thinking wow what would this be like if this could ever happen in our this country before, not real life not before conduct uh, not, kim davis kim davis in yeah. kentucky yeah now, and so so we but even when we were filming it, i kind of like the critic in me was kind of like like i love the shot the spot it's with uh lynn stewart who is one of the original groundlings she played miss yvonne in peewee's playhouse right, right. like the woman it was a it was probably the way you're talking about uh i mean like watching Betty Waters, it was a true masterclass to mm. watch her because she's been. I looked her up afterwards because I was like, I know her, I know her, right? And I was like, holy crap, she's done everything, been in everything, and so it was just a. And the other guy, Carl, was super great, and the whole crew was super, super great. And that's kind of all you get paid, like you know, sure, a couple hundred bucks for sure, it. And that's right. it. It's a spec right. reel. You don't think of anything from it. And I even thought when because there was a line where she says. Um, I cannot let you stain the sanctity of marriage. And I went, right. that's a little harsh. You would say that in <laughs> real life. You would say that. Cut to then- fucking crazy Kim Davis. Wow. I mean, they were supposed to have this commercial done in July. I'm so glad that it, he wasn't able to post it until he it yeah, literally, even he is like, I didn't plan this. I just finished it this week. Oh, Matt, it looks like in direct response. Yes. Direct yes. response. And that's people are going, And so, yeah, it's now like in three days has like 800,000 hits or views. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I, every time I go into Facebook, I have like 70 notifications and 10 messages. Oh, it's stupid. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. So anyway, yeah, everybody, that's great. the story of the commercial. I'm, yes, look it like, up. You're rich. I'm like, I'm not rich from that. Yes, but, look it up. Yeah. Look it up. Google it. And there you go. Yeah, There's the timing of that. Of that yeah, the perfect. Well, and not like that, but getting involved in something. Listen, it's, it, it's twofold. It's being, you know, these people say – Getting this business, ah, oh, it's like being struck by lightning. But but you got to be out in the storm to get struck by lightning. So yeah. get involved and do stuff. And that's what you did. It's a spec commercial. Yeah, it's nice that you, know you know just mean? do something just because just, yeah. people help me out. And you're like, he this guy was a friend of a friend. I'm like, I would love to help you. You know, it's I would have done it for free probably because right. you just like helping somebody out. And it yeah. was such a great experience again working with the cast. Absolutely. Just work. Just do just it. Work. Just, just do it. Just yes. work. It's right. like this podcast. This podcast. I've had them, you know, yeah. I've, um, I've gotten casting directors to call me in because they saw my podcast on Twitter. And listen to it and call That's me right. in for stuff. That's and right. It's to- and I believe me, I've had I've made no money from this podcast, people. None. <laughs> right, so um, yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, but a do it right. Conversation. Do, do it. what you love. God, that's great. Now, that's great, I, man. now I want to say too that like the reason ties we started. To- I'm sorry, I'm GDD with you. I'm all over the place. Bring it. Bring it. Um, I'm intellectually, tur- intellectually turned on, emotionally, <laughs> physically. It's all firing. <laughs> Your eyes, and so anyway, your wife is listening. It's like no. you're never doing that show again. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm. I love that you just sent me the sweetest message, just telling me how much you were a fan of the show, 
And oh, then yeah. I was like, you should be on it. And you acted like you would, I'm not saying this, but you were, you totally were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it was I very, was, very, very sweet. Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to let like, you know. Because I'm going to have I, the one listener on the show. Because we, <laughs> we connect like, you know, we connect kind of through Facebook and stuff. And I just wanted to let you know that I was kind of stalking you from afar and being like, <laughs> and not only that, but, but you're kind of. You're doing it, this kind of creative thing. You're putting yourself out there, and, and the things that you're doing, I, it's inspiring. I'm oh, always looking you. for inspiration. And anyways, I just wanted to let you know. And then all of a sudden, I was like, whoa, I could sit and talk. And yeah, and, yeah. and uh, um, I was just honored and thrilled. And, and wow. yeah. And then to catch up, like I said, I was like, can we, it, it may take three hours because we have so much catching up. Oh, to yeah. Do. Right, it's yeah, like right. when I had Paul Gordon on, we did like a two hour show. I told yeah. Ty when he came in, I said, don't talk to me very much. So that's what I do for people to always ask. Like, I, I try not to repeat stuff. So people that I haven't seen in a while, they'll come in and they'll start talking. I was like, save it. So right, you right. just kind of sit in, we don't right. look at each other. It's, right. it's almost like a gay hookup, actually. <laughs> It's like, shut up. It's like, shut, shut up. up. Don't just, look at me. Just sit there. Put your penis in my mouth. Do Don't look in my face. That's the Dear Maddie show. That's right. Put this, put this, well, yeah, put this giant, look at this giant penis looking yeah. thing right here. This penis microphone. Gotcha. There yeah, you this go. works. That's there how it is. There you go. Now, so, so tell everybody what you're up to right now. Oh, right, right now, uh, today was uh, my first rehearsal for a show that I, Matt, I can't tell you how excited I am about this show. Uh, it's called Scott and Hem mm-hmm. at the Falcon Theater. And it is, it's a one What is the Falcon? The Falcon is right over there, Toluca Lake, Gary Marshall's yes. Theater. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where oh, I heard it. I can't tell you. It, it's, it's so great. It's really family run. It's run by the Marshalls. They're just the sweetest people. Are you, are you friends with Gary Marshall now? <laughs> oh, total buds. Really? Total buds. No, not yet. Oh, I haven't okay. met him yet. But, okay. um, the, the play's fantastic. It is, um, like the last meeting of F. Scott Fitzgerald and Ernest Hemingway. Um, and, oh, they just – their relationship. There's quite a few books written on just their relationship. You know, I have a book that – and I haven't read it yet. I'm going to get it. Fill the okay. space. Okay. So these two, these two, F. Scott Fitzgerald and Ernest Hemingway, this really – up and down relationship where they admired each other but but ridiculed each other in these letters they wrote back and this kind of uh some people thought possible homosexual relationship at times and this is kind of a hypothetical their kind of last meeting in hollywood uh and they kind of get it all out they kind of um it's fantastic it's a three-person show it's one act it runs through it's fast it's smart um and i get to play ernest hemingway I, get to, I can't believe it. I get I get wow. to play Ernest Hemingway at the Falcon Theater, and I'm so excited about this play. It runs um, when it October run? 14th to November 15th. Um, ah, it's, it's fantastic. Okay, I'm going to come see it, please, and I'm not just please saying do. that. Please, yeah, please. I'm saying this on my show. I'm coming to see this. Please do. I will remind you because I'm I'm already only the first rehearsal, and I'm so proud. I of love this seeing company. theater too. It's just when you I'm, when you see theater, it's just a whole. Even if it's. This I was about to say this and it didn't apply to you. I was gonna say even when you see not good theater, it's better than seeing a not good film. Oh, that's interesting. Because at sure. least like you see people trying. Well, and you're right, and you're doing. Yes, there's and, always one person in the show that's trying, even if the rest aren't. Yeah, right. <laughs> we know because right. we've been that person. Well, and you feel sitting there in a live theater, no matter what happens, you feel somehow responsible and a part of it. And yes, there's a, there's a feeling that, that kind of drips off onto you in the audience. Yes. Whereas a film, you can turn it off and switch Which your. Everybody Netflix. watched the breakup. They were like, "Thank you for just like pissing on me, Vince Vaughn. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, appreciate right, it. Right, douche. Yes, right. I was gonna see this book. I thought. That it had it in here, but maybe it doesn't. My um, 
uh, Allie Velez got this for me for, and it's called. You know, I still haven't read it. I've just gotten back. I got a nightstand for my bedroom, and that's totally changed my ability to start reading more because I realized you have a place to put the books. Yes, in? that simply is it. That's amazing. And so I've been reading more now. You hear now, that, people out there? If you're not much of a reader, just get a just, good just nightstand. Get it. I guess no. I guess this isn't in here. Well, I'm going to talk about this book anyway because yeah, I think it's um, it's basically writers on unforgettable friendships, and it's called The Company They Kept. And so it's oh. about people that had um, just friendships, and this has nothing to do with what you were talking about. No, that's exactly it's what I was talking do, about. But, Listen, well, yes, but I'm with doing, different people. Well, now I'm doing – I've been doing all this – I got cast like two weeks ago, so I've been doing all this research on – And are you just – do you are you no day job at all? You're an I left my day job a couple of months ago because I just That's thank awesome. You. Yeah, I That's had a big to deal. just Yeah, and I don't listen, it's not because oh, I struck it big. No, it was because I I started to feel things slowly kind of slipping away because I uh, had these uh, this day job and these other things and I needed to recommit myself to what I really wanted. And listen, mm. my my other my my day job was actually at nights, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, you know, so I would have the weekdays to audition and stuff. So I did nights on the weekends, which means I couldn't do plays. And as soon as I quit that job, I did a play at the taper. I just did Bent at the taper. Oh, that I, that, I, that I've heard was great. Yeah, that was pretty stunning. And then I'm now doing this play. It's immediately, once I kind of recommitted myself to say, this is all I have to do. This is all I should be spending my time on is what I really want. Um... And it does. It starts to open up. Listen, it's not – I don't mean to make it sound like, oh, everything is wonderful. No, listen, I'm making a lot less money and I'm trying to put things together and I'm living a little bit off my savings. And my wife, thank God for her, how supportive she – She's not in the acting entertainment business, is she? She was. She was company manager at the taper, which is where I met her. Oh. Um, Wow, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. She's yelling at the podcast right now because <laughs> we met like, what did we meet 10 years ago? I mean, something like that. Something like that. Something like that. But um, she uh, she was working kind of in contracts and with the, in the general manager's office and doing that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I was doing a show there, and that's kind of how we met. So she understands theater and what it takes to be an actor. But that's she, great. But she's not. It's fantastic. So now I can really... Yeah, I have that energy now. Also, that kind of nervous energy of like, now things are on the line now. Now you better hustle. And anxiety get is the a job. good. Anxiety can be a good thing. I mean, right. obviously, we have too much. It it can be. It's with anything. It can be debilitating. Sure. But anxiety is a natural thing we're given to propel us right into quote unquote safety. Yes. You know what I mean? Or fear, whatever you want to call it. And and so, I mean, I work with that a lot with that class I do for actors about getting them out of their heads yep. and kind of right. back in their auditions. A lot of times they're, we try to, uh, as an actor or creative, well, I think as people anyway, but especially as actors, we try to like, we need only, or as artists, we need to only work when we're inspired or we need to really not have any fear or. Yeah, right. And right. that's actually, no, that's always going to be there. No, you're. It's yes. like taking that in almost. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. That's part of what. Pushes. I always found. I feel like I work. Re, I work really good under, like like under pressure. Like yeah. if I go into an audition and they immediately, while I'm standing there, say, "You know what? Here's two extra pages to the scene. Go ahead and go do it now. Don't step outside. Mm-hmm. Just do it now." I feel like I'm really in my wheelhouse. I really feel like that's. I, I like that because I get really. I feel that those nerves going. I get mm-hmm. a little what I call chemical. My body goes a little chemical. Ooh, and I that, like that saying. And that excitement, I think, is what 
is what works, is what makes it exciting. And so leaving my day job, I kind of feel that all the time now. I'm like, I get to work. Chase this is the only thing you have to do now. Go. Um, and so that's, that's what I'm doing now. Um, yeah. And so Scott and him came up, uh, uh, and this is something that I'm getting to just throw all that energy into with the research and learning the play. I, I, I get to throw all my creative energy into it now. Um, that's, yeah, so that's, that's, awesome. that's where it's at. That's where it's at now. But you can't do that without a supportive wife with two kids running around. Well, okay. Let's, uh, we're yeah. going to get to questions. In yes, minute, yes, though, yes, I promise. Yeah. But yeah, what is it like having twins? Was obviously that wasn't expected. No, no, not. I mean, are you done then? Do you have your two kids and you're done? Done, Zoe. Done, (laughs) done. I can't. I can't risk having four all of a sudden. (laughs) I mean, are they running your family? No, not at all. I used to say if you could guarantee me that only be one in there, then maybe. But I can't risk. Did y'all plan on getting pregnant too? Yeah. So he, we, we. Thought, so we, we got married in May, and then come June, we said, well, let's, well, let's try. Let's start trying. Kind of, I thought, oh, this is going to be great fun, right? Let's try. <laughs> we're going to try. We're going to try on balconies. We're going to try around the world. This is going to be – this trying thing is going to be a blast because my, my, my wife has some friends who had trouble, and they were all about the same age and like fertility drugs and stuff. And she Women said, you know got what? a clock. Women you know got what? a clock. Yes, absolutely. And I'm like, I respect that. Let's try. Um, I – I'm not kidding. You know, women do this chart. They start charting their stuff. When she got pregnant, she realized she was pregnant before the chart even started. Like, we were like... We were like a match in sandpaper. You mean you just, we lit right up. You looked at her and knocked and her And bam, <laughs> double time. <laughs> With those gray-blue eyes, <laughs> double time. I, it was, I think it took us, yeah, I think it took us a week and a half or something. Like, it was, and then we're like, wow, you're Okay. Oh, yeah. Great. This is what we wanted. This is what we wanted. It's quick, but oh, great. And then she's pregnant. And then we go into the first sonogram, right? And we're going to go in and the doctor's taking her blood over the past, whatever, taking her blood and looking at. So the technician doesn't know that we haven't talked to the doctor yet. And the doctor's supposed to tell us, oh, by the way, there's two. Congratulations, you're having twins. The technician doesn't know that we haven't talked to the doctor yet. So the technician's doing the sonogram says, oh, look, there's your baby. And we're like, oh, that's amazing. She goes, and there's the other one. Just throws it out there. And I said, I'm sorry, what? There's the what? There's the other what? The other what? She goes, oh, you guys didn't know? Yeah, you guys have twins. We had no, that's how we found out. Oh. Matt, I've never in my life, the truest crying and laughing at the same <laughs> time. The truest moment of just emotion just shooting out of every place in my body Aww. i'm crying i'm laughing i'm looking at her she, suzanne's crying and laughing i'm looking up at the side i don't know what i'm supposed to do i, I can't tell you it 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 was crazy it was crazy and then the rest of the day i really i think she and i didn't say a word we just walked around just thinking like what does this mean just i, I think we just drove home in silence like it was wow. just, and they're identical twins right they're identical yeah, I, yeah. apparently from what the doctor was uh a hereditary uh, twins, uh, fraternal twins are hereditary, um, and identical twins is just a split. It's a happen chance. Or a, a, yes, yeah, exactly. A split that's not a word. Yeah, it yeah. is now. It is yeah. happen chance. Hello, boys. You are happen chance <laughs> twins. <laughs> These are my happen chance. <laughs> <laughs> happen chance twins. It's going to be a new a new show on Fox this fall. Happen chance twins. Someone's going to fucking do that. You know what's funny? So here's a speed they are. Trademark. They're trademark. Gonna, yeah, trademark. I don't know why I say that no, like that. No, it it you know, you're talking about how my name. So Ty Ashley Mayberry. So Mayberry, very 
People love oh, yeah. the Southern. I'm but, my, but my wife is Chinese, and her first name is Suzanne. So, <laughs> so she's Suzanne, Suzanne Mayberry. She's Suzanne Mayberry, and this little Chinese woman walks the door, and people are like, no, you are not, man. I'm like, yes, I swear. I'm t-. And then I walk in with two little you know, Asian boys, which they look like their mother. They do look like Trying to convince them that I'm their father. It's, yeah. We went to like two commercial auditions for father and twins, and they were like, uh, no. You need to bring your kids. <laughs> I'm like, no, these are my kids. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's remarkable. I, honestly, the first year of having twins, I, without exaggerating, the first year probably, I don't remember much of it. I can't imagine how tired you were. It was like, and it, not only that, but you don't have time to like watch your baby sleep and dote on your baby because there's always something else to do, something else to clean, bottles to prepare, the other one's crying while that one's sleeping. You don't feel like that parent and that father that you wanted to be uh and oh, then but you are and then you that's what the father you you were meant to be right and so you're just working and you're like punching a clock and then all of a sudden in year two things calm down and they start looking at you and giggling when you walk in the room and all of a sudden you go oh this is this is the world now it's like double this is the world yes right now i have two and now and now they're at an age the past year they've been at an age where i can be dad like i can wrestle with them I can play sports with them. I can. Re- I feel like my skills, growing up with a brother and having a father who I adored. Yeah, you're... I feel like I can be dad now. You know, Aww. I can really wrestle with them and play with them and teach them things. And uh, I'm really feel like I'm hitting my stride now, and I'm I'm loving it. Listen, it's it's hard at times. It's very hard. I don't mean to paint anything with one brush. It's hard, but all of it, the ups and the downs, are all that I hoped it would be. It's, it's great. It's, it's really great. And it change, it can change so quickly, Matt, mm. like you can be, I can be, uh, Lucas can hit his brother. Le- Leon's crying. And I'm like, Lucas, why, you know, don't do that. You sit down over there. What to do that? And then he'll say something that just cracks me up in the moment. And I just, I go from disciplining him to laughing and then we're both kind of crying and it, things happen so quick with kids. Um, and you just have to be present for that. Just be present for that, and wow. it's 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 pretty. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah. I try to live up to them every day, and that's that's a that's a tough thing sometimes. You are so hot right now. What? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's hotter than a handsome man talking about their kids. <laughs> Nothing. I mean, Lord, my oh, ovaries are exploding. You gotta come. Over. I actually would love that. Please, I, I love babies. Like my friend Michael Bellavia had mm-hmm. a show, like Dear Maddie show. I don't remember what episode, like four or five, and it's just like. Because I knit, so I knitted his baby a baby blanket. Um, I'm behind. I have another friend who has a baby, and I'm way behind. <laughs> I'm always behind. But yeah. um, I have so many. I have like three babies this year, and it takes like four months to knit a blanket. Yeah, that's no joke. Knitting it's a blanket. No You're joke. not getting any. You have twins. Sorry. No, no. You, They're six. You know what they like to do? They're really into now. It's like choreography. They oh, like, really? They just they just learned the whole like uh, whip. Uh, watch me whip. Oh, they, I think it's like they do. I think kids like that. There's like a yeah. There's a sense, not just nonsensical movement dancing. I'm telling you, they kids love structure. They love they to know love the rules. They do, but yeah, they, they love do. to like. They'll be playing sports in the backyard, then come in and start, you know, choreographing. They went to summer acting camp. This so, oh, it's hilarious. Oh. oh, it's so fun. Anyways, they're okay. They're we're lots of fun. Your kids have speaking of structure. Of I'm going to stick to the yes, show. Yes, yes, try sir. to. Yes, sir. Because we're on questions. Look at us. All okay. right, so. Here we go. First question. Dear Maddie, I know you've helped people before do something romantic for their significant other, but I have a more specific question. I want to make something for my husband. I'm not much of a cook, but I want to make a dessert for him, but with a catch. He wants to eat food off me. 
you put a question mark. So mm. I guess you, <laughs> you want to eat food off me? Um, not to get in too much detail, but what would you suggest that would, quote unquote, enhance nighttime activities? Thank you. Or thanks. Love you, Cheryl. Cheryl, I love you too. I have an aunt named Cheryl. I love that name. Um, age 31. Okay. So food and let's just say it, Cheryl. We're talking about sex here, right? <laughs> let's just so say it, Cheryl. You don't need to put honey on your vagina because that's not going to work out well. I'm just telling you that. <laughs> Now, don't do it what you see in the movies. I mean, yeah. you want to take this one first? Uh, sure, I'll take a shot. So is this, un- Cheryl, so is this, a- you think he wants to eat food off I you? I don't, I'm, that's what, I don't know. I don't know. I'm reading you the question then, like this. Right, and then she wants to maybe make something. He that- wants, yes. Okay, okay. I mean. Well, listen, the mix for, uh, I, I'm I, not much of a food sex person. I did it a lot and not a lot, like three times <laughs> in a dorm room in college with my first boyfriend. And it's just very messy. No, because it, well, not only that, but listen, I like both of those flavors a lot. <laughs> the sex taste and flavor and smells. And I also like the food. I love food. But I just don't like mixing the two. I don't either. I just but, don't. Okay. But if you're, but if you're mixing the two, I would, husband. if your husband likes something, I, I would suggest that the food should go in the, Upper frontal superstructure, not not down below, because yes. you don't want to mix that kind of. Da- and then also, it's da- dangerous. And, and you, there, yes, I'm, I actually was going to say that. basically, Thai is being southern. I'm just going to be blunt. Don't put food in your vagina, <laughs> Cheryl. Okay, this is not. Don't no. do what you see Asian women do in Tokyo in little bars with slicing bananas in half. <laughs> you hear those stories from Marines. This is not no, the time no, to do no. that. And no. I would I would also suggest also kind of erotic is something warm. Don't take something out of the you freezer <laughs> and put it on your boobies. Don't not, take some like I don't know some some kind of nice real cho- chocolate nice like uh so you made it's kind of warm and kind of lay that yeah, down dude, there. I had a, I did have a boy um, well an ex boy the same guy. He was really into candle wax. There you go. And I didn't mind that, actually. Right. I that works because it's like really hot for a it's second. It's hot for a second, but then it cools and you just take it off. I kind of got into that That's a little cool. Bit. That's cool. But again, it was never on the... Not on the, no, on not, the lower region. No, on the lower region. No, keep Cheryl. it up there. And you could let him, you know, some like nice, warm, like chocolate. Let him paint your body a little bit. And let him do the work. Yes. You know, you know, pre- you know pre- yes. pre- present him with the tool. Give him the palette. Yes, you lay there and then, yeah. Yeah. And I just, would do that. Don't let him stick a cucumber up yet. We don't want that kind of stuff. <laughs> no, you know, well, never again. I mean, I'll never I'm do thinking that again. like straw. Never again. <laughs> I did it once. Yeah, never again. Once. Never again. I lost half the cucumber. <laughs> I was hungry. I just but ate it. I was it. hydrated. Wrong end. Um, <laughs> he's like, whoops, where'd that go? Baby, I haven't eaten in a week. <laughs> Anyway, my mother's going to call me after this now. So, she, she's like, it's not Aiden, it's eating. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, uh, you know, there's the go to an adult shop, and at adult shop, Cheryl, there's like food specifically for this. That's true. Like there's sauces. Sauces. No, you're right. <laughs> there's, a sauce. there's a tapenade, <laughs> titty tapenade. <laughs> I don't know. There's a sauce. There's but a- here's the deal. that He's right. But also, in my experience, those aren't going to taste very good because oh, they've taken out a lot of the They've taken of, out the bad stuff. They've taken out the, the a lot of the sugar and stuff. And that's kind of, yeah. Just, so Just do, do like strawberry shortcake on your boobs, yeah. Cheryl. Listen, and whipped there cream is always fun. It's yeah. an easy way to go. There you go. Whipped cream is nice and fun. It's a little cold. Just let it warm up for a bit. That's right. Smooth it around. And yes, right. Yeah. But keep it. I think the one thing. Keep it in the upper region. Keep it in the upper region. That's right. That's what I would say. Yeah. 
Yeah. Not on your armpits. We're talking about your tits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unless he's into armpits. I don't know. Right. Then I'd be like, ooh, baby, lick this strawberry from it. my pit. That doesn't work. No. That no. doesn't work. I'm not no. making I'm, 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 Cheryl, also, thank you for writing this question because there's probably other people that are – if you're a foodie and a sexy, yeah. write to Dear Maddie Show at DearMaddieShow.com <laughs> and let me know. Yeah, what, what works. Um, what would you suggest to Cheryl? That's right. What works? Because I still have a cucumber in my ass and it's <laughs> painful. All right. <laughs> Moving on. That's what your couch feels like. Moving. Okay. Uh, yes. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Damn couch. All right. This is from Karen, age forty-two. Okay, Karen. Okay, this is good. You're a parent, but this is okay. Karen's got a, an older kid. So, okay. uh, dear Maddie, I went to my son's open house at school expecting a great report from the teacher. Mm-hmm. Sadly, that's not what I got. His fourth grade teacher said that he wasn't paying attention in class, that he seemed bored, and he often didn't complete his homework. She said he was nice and not disruptive, but also wasn't a team player. I tried talking to my son about it, but he denies it and actually acts as if nothing is wrong. He says that the teacher is overreacting and that the teacher hasn't liked him from day one. Who should, is it who or whom should I believe? Mm. Right. Uh, sorry, doesn't matter. Who should I believe, Maddie? This seems out of the ordinary for my son to lie to me, and I don't want him to think I don't trust him. Help! From mm-hmm. Karen, age 42. This is a lot of layers, I think, in this question a little bit, because there's a lot of stuff going on, dynamic-wise. It's true, and it's one of those things that I, I want to tread lightly, because without being in the situation, it's hard to really read the situation, right? But... I get it. This and I make that disclaimer from the first show. We're just answering what we're given, yep. not what's the reality. So right. go. Here's here's the deal. First of all, it's great that you're listening. Who is it? What, what's her name? Her, um, her name is Karen. Karen. Um, you're absolutely doing the right thing by listening to him and weighing his opinion. I find a lot of parents that I talk to immediately think that their kid's uh, aren't telling the truth or lying or don't know mm-hmm. or can't understand the situation. The fact that you're weighing his opinion um, and, and, and his view of the situation as heavily as the teacher's right on the money and the fact that you're talking about it. But you do also have to get across to him the importance of finishing his work. Whether the teacher likes you or not, this is only your fourth grade teacher. And before you know it, you'll be past your fourth grade teacher. But if you don't finish your work, if you don't get that done, uh-huh. that's going to stick with you for a while. So... Uh, if he's not finishing his work, if he's not doing it, if his grade is suffering because of it, then yes, something has to, then you have to stay on top of him and talk to him about it. You have to talk to him every day about it. I'm not saying that you don't, but every day you have to talk to him and even email the teacher. Nowadays with emails, teachers it's respond so much easier, yeah. very quickly. Like you're obviously informed, Karen, you're going to the open house. Not all yep. parents do that. That's which right. Which isn't bad or good. Well, no, I think it's good that show up. It's great that yes. you're showing up. So I think you're taking the right initial steps. Yes, absolutely. You have to stay on top of it. This isn't something that in a week is going to be fixed. You might all mm-hmm. year have to talk to the teacher by email every week and talk to talk to your son um, until he's in the fifth grade. Like this is, and, and I think that could help both things. That will help your son. It would also help you. Um. Uh, you know, I remember in eighth grade, I'll say his name because I thought he was a terrible teacher and I still think it was, his name was Bill George and he was just there to retire and oh, couldn't stand that man. And he actually did not like me. And I look mm-hmm. back in retrospect, I don't think, it, honestly, I think it was probably he was pretty homophobic because I was, we had to take science class and I, because music was there was two science class one fourth period and one sixth period and vocal music was sixth period so i had to take 
the science class fourth period and fourth periods when boys gym was. And of course I was the one fucking kid in Lone Grove that didn't take boys gym because I didn't want to. And so uh, in eighth grade. And so I was a guy in a class full of girls and he was quite homophobic actually. Anyway, terrible. But he totally had a vendetta against me. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a note to a friend that during – in the hallway, gave to my friend in the hallway, and he confiscated the note. In the note, I said, I, oh, you're in Bill George's class. I bet it sucks. That's all I said. And he right. like tried to get me expelled from that. <gasps> and my mother came up to the school and defended me. Actually, I, I said, I bet – yeah, and my mom – really listened to me and then I kind of I kept it all bottled up and I told her I said this is what my year has been like with him right. is that being bullied by him always being singled out being you know made to feel like I was he was I, it didn't work because I was thank god I had a, a lot of other sport but trying right, to make right. me feel stupid and um he um and my mother said that he tried to bring up the note. My mom said, well, the only thing that my I disagree with what Matthew did is I don't like that he used the word sucks. He should have said your class is awful or ineffective. <laughs> and that's – anyway. Oh, that's fantastic. Sorry, a little side story. Well, I, I think – listen, I also think, though, um, that – because, I listen, my kids are in the first grade, and I'm in communication. Luckily, right now, in the first grade, I, I guess this doesn't happen in the fourth grade, but – they're still looking for volunteers. So once every couple of weeks, I go into the first grade class and grade papers, and I'm oh, there, great. and I help out, and I love that. Now, I'm guessing, you know, you, you, you were, if, if I'm off, if you're working, whatnot, but I do think teachers appreciate parents' involvement. If it oh, is just yeah. emails saying, sure. how is he doing, and I'll talk to him, right? You have to get more information. I think they like it, or if they don't like it, then they know that you've got an eye on the situation, do you, so I think, do you feel like it is more of parents or more of teachers' responsibility for their child's education? Parents. Yeah, Absolutely me too. And parents. I think a lot of people in this country think it's the teacher's responsibility no. to educate their kids. And I disagree Thank with that. Thank goodness for teachers and good teachers and any profession you're going to do. But it's just good, that they bad, can't whatever. do it on their own. No, they can't. It's, it's, it's they're giving them like guidelines, but the parent has to be involved. And we're not saying she's not involved. No, I'm saying, right. we're, we're but saying yes. you are involved, Karen, and to get more involved. That's right. This is not an easy situation. It's not. But I think it's not, there's not a quick fix. There's not. There's not a quick fix, but you have to be on top of it and it will work itself out. And again, in whatever it is, six months from now, he's going to have a new. He'll have a new teacher. He is. And things will, think things will change. Um, and, you know, ask him questions like, instead of asking him, like, school, ask him about his friends in class. Like, what's going on? Don't ask him about schoolwork, but ask him about his friends in class. And if he doesn't seem to have any friends in class, if he doesn't know what's going on in class with his friends, that's a thing to address as well. If he feels like an outsider in class, right? Talk to him about that. Make sure there's more than just schoolwork to talk about. Because no, exactly. no, no kid wants to talk about schoolwork. Talk about, well, you know. Well, I'm wondering, too. I'm just going to bring it down a little bit, probably, and get a little therapisty. But I, I'm wondering if schoolwork is a problem. So, you know, it's like maybe – Maybe he has dyslexia or something like that. that True. That's a, so obviously check that kind of academic or learning learning capability stuff out. But the thing that you said about that he's getting bored in class, that he doesn't – if he's a team player, that means he doesn't – again, you brought up a good point with the friends. It sounds like maybe he's isolated in class. Um, the, I'm kind of going through several things just from like knowing with kids. Like first of all, like some – I would definitely check his social standing with those friends. Right. I would also to Karen like what is his life like with 
other family members or other adults. I only say this. I don't want you to freak out, but it's just like sometimes when kids are going through abusive situation, things like that, they can zone out in class. Sure. Right. You always hear that, that the kid starts falling behind and nobody knows why. Right. Um, and I'm not saying this to freak you out. I'm only saying this because um, yeah, do- it's not just about the school probably. Maybe it is, but I feel like what you said, there's something going on like sure. with family or friends. Right. and like So I think this is an opportunity actually to really get to know your son. And, and they're in this fourth – Fifth grade, where oh, things are like nine years old, that's, and things yeah. are starting to you start to lose the innocence. Then, if, sure, and so it's just they're learning. You know, are you talking to him about sex? Because you know, are they? Are, right. You know, are they gay or right. are they trans? You know, there's right. so many, and I don't mean this. Just, you probably just went, God, I need therapy, and <laughs> that's fine. Go to therapy if you need that. And you know, I I was going to say too for Karen. Uh, hopefully, Karen, you have a friend, a pastor, or even the teacher, or somebody that maybe maybe a past teacher that mm-hmm. is really knew your son. Maybe you reach out to them and talk to them and just have somebody talk to you about that's, it. That's that's a great advice. Who was the teacher that he liked, and who was what was the yeah. class that he liked, and asking that yeah, advice exactly. as well. Absolutely. Listen, I've learned with kids is that it's you gotta stay on top of it every single day. It's the hardest job being a parent. It is. I don't know how you do it. And it's you do every, it double time. And staying on top of it every single day and, and asking the right questions. Um, yeah, and it will it will work out. I think you're right. What we're seeing from him may be the result of something and not the something that we should be concerned. About. I hope that I'm wrong. Right. But, but it could be. Yeah. Let's just do due diligence. Due diligence. I can't say the word. Fuck due it. diligence. There you go. Yeah. You. I saw it. I saw it. Yeah. Looks like fun. All right, Karen. Thank you. That was a great question. And Karen, timely. Good. Beginning of school. Good luck. Let us know. Um, well, it's fine because this last question is kind of short, I guess. I don't, I don't even know how to answer this. This is from Janelle. Janelle, who probably I'm imagining is black and I would think would be hot. Okay, gotcha. So, okay, just I'll so imagine you know. that too. Okay, okay, so we're okay on the same great. Page. Let's imagine him in his underwear. Okay, um, okay John L is twenty four. He says, "Dear Maddie, what is the one question you wish that someone would ask you on your show, like your dream question? Go." Oh, that's good. That, I, I, I that is a good. I, um, that's good. I probably should have thought about this before. The one question that I would want someone to ask me on this show. Um, I think, you know, people sometimes ask me the chatting Maddie questions and stuff like that. I think, um, the, ask, wait, it's me, right? Ask. Yeah. yeah they, oh, wait. They, whether you wish someone would ask on your show. Okay, I guess that's me. Yeah, I, I think that's what he's question. saying. He's saying, yeah. Um, what would you ask me, Tom Mayberry? Because I'm trying to think of this and I'm a little stumped right now. I, um, I think, I, I think people would want to ask you what, or, or what you would want to talk about is that, what drives you? Listen, your your brave trails, your the things that you do, the way you stand up. People have those ideas and they sit back with them. People have these inspirational moments and they sit back with them. But you're a person who stands up. You're a person who always stands up oh and says, gosh, "This so and this is what it is, and this is what we can do, and this is what I'm gonna do." Where does that come from? Where does that come from? Matt? Okay, you need your own show. That, no, I'm saying that's what, <laughs> that's. I think I think what people would want to know. From you, people that sit and listen to your podcast and write in questions, and uh, and I think you'd be great at at explaining that. What makes you in a crowd? What makes you stand up and say, "We can do something about this," and I'm gonna do something about this. Um, um, I, I care enough. I honestly, I think what makes me it, well, the first thing that comes to mind, and maybe I've told this show story before. I don't know. We're on like 40 episodes of uh, the Dear Maddie Show, and so I'm starting. It's all blurring sure, right, of course. a little bit. Um, 
But I rem- it's so funny, Karen. I remember in the fifth grade that this was, is Janelle. The, the but no, I mean for Karen. Oh, for too. Karen, I was oh, going to yeah. say. Oh, I remember well, Janelle. <laughs> I remember Janelle. He's in his underwear, right? Some silk boxers, just with some Kanye. Not Kanye West. What's his name? What's that? Whatever. John Legend. I'll take it. Okay. So anyway, um, but I was in fifth grade, and I remember I was walking. Um, First day of school, and I remember I was walking. We had a, we called it a breezeway. It was the hallway. Oh yeah, like and um, I remember I was walking to class, and I just finished like second or third period. And I was that was the first year that you switch classes. Oh yeah, so it was very exciting. Big deal. Yeah, it was yeah. a big deal. And we just left Mrs. Daffrin's science class, and that was my homeroom. She was an amazing teacher. I would like she took us to like young astronauts that year to do all like she was just one of those teachers. So right, we had this right. great 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 first class and I was walking to like social studies or something like that and a kid looked at me and said oh welcome back faggot and it just like punched me in the gut but thankfully I had my parents who were like even from the get-go just very supportive very much you can do whatever you want to do you can be Mm -hmm. whoever you want to be my father his father left them when he was five Mm -hmm. um my mother had both parents, but I think she had a mother that uh, grew up very um, – uh, she – well, honestly, she uh, grew up in a covered wagon in Oklahoma, very poor, because her, her mother was insane and in a mental institution. So my grandmother and her father drove around in a covered wagon living, and she dressed as a boy for years, so she wasn't very – so she lived as a boy until right. she was like 14. I know. Wow. Someone needs to make that movie. Wow. And then, But anyway, so my mom's mom wasn't super affectionate. Okay. She just wasn't. She just wasn't. Right. But, but my mom knew that they loved her mm-hmm. and vice versa. So anyway, I grew up with the parents that made a choice. Again, and that's the key word. They made a choice that as parents, we're going to be super loving to our children, let them know and be very mm-hmm. physical with them and hug mm-hmm. them. And both my mom and my dad. Um, like my dad still kisses me to this day. Oh. Like it's just that way. So I thank God I had that kind of like love bubble because I remember when that kid, I know his name, but I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> when he called me that and it got hit me in the gut, it's like I had like the, not the devil and the angel, but I had like two voices that kind of just said, okay, Matt. And one voice said, right. you can take this mm-hmm. and just let them tell you who you're going to be this year. Right. Or the other voice said, you could do what your father would do. Or your mother, but your father would say, fuck off and do right. your own thing and be your own right. person. And thank God I looked at him and I said, fuck off. And mm-hmm. I just walked to class and I just decided to, I chose to listen to that voice that day. Oh. And so right. that, that is, I think when it goes back to, I feel like people mm-hmm. don't have support in their lives to listen to those voices. And I always want to be, I know it makes me teary when I talk mm-hmm. about it. And I always want to be like setting them up. To hear those voices as best as I can, right? Because you might be the only voice they and, have, and that was and that was right. so resonant. I mean, Brave Trails wasn't even my original vision. It started with Kayla and then Jess, and then I came on and Kobe came on. So I'm not even going to act like it's my thing. It really was Kayla's thing that they brought me into, right. and so and we all created it together. Um, but it was just that or whether it's the same mm. of it's the same feeling for break trails it was overwhelming that whole week but it's the same feeling of when like i remember i did a show on meditation with my friend tia and i thought i don't know if people are going to really like this show but i want to do it right 
And that week I had two people, somebody say, I've really been working on a meditation. I haven't got it. And thank God for your show because that just made me feel like really helped me ease up on myself and just really helped me a lot this week with like getting through this week. Right. And that's that same, like I was a voice, I was a voice for them. So I think that's the answer to your question. Yeah, that's great. And that's a better question than I could ever think of. So I'm just going to go off yours. (laughs) So I hope that's good enough, Janelle. Janelle, do you want to know if I would suck your dick? No, because I'm dating someone. But if I wasn't, yes. But send a picture of it. Yes. Just send a picture of it. And I'm there. And I'll send a picture of me thumbs upping it. So that's what I want, Janelle. Um, All right. Janelle's a guy, I hope. I don't know. He is now. Yes. Either way. Okay. Yes. Here it's all right. So now, damn it, I did this again. I forgot to bring up what you want to talk about for celebrity shit the bed. What do you mean you forgot to bring it up? Usually, I talk. That's the only thing I talk about before the show. I say, "Hey, think about what you want to talk about for celebrity shit the bed." Oh, and I didn't bring it up to you this week. Right. Although you've listened to the show, so you know. Yeah, I do know. I knew. Yes, I know it was. So, is there anything in the? And we don't have to. If you don't have anything, we've talked a lot too. But I mean, if you, you know, I, you know, the only thing in this, and I'm. Don't want to. I'll make this quick, not to lose some of your listeners at this. What I'm about to say right now is football season just started. Listeners, wait, oh, my wait. Boy, my boyfriend just cleared in. He's all about this. Hang on. And there's I this, forgot you're a big football guy. I'm a huge football. You guy. played football, don't you? I, I did. I, I bet did. Your but your ass it, looks so then, good in football pants. I can't <laughs> oh even. Ty Mayberry has a I'll great be, ass. I'll I've be, seen wow, him in his underwear, y'all. Mark. It's true. Thanks. Uh, I I so to make this quick, it's it's less about football and it's more about the institution of the NFL and what kind of players they're rewarding and what players and it's oh just, I love this Let's and I'm go. starting to watch and be more aware of that and I I, I wish I wasn't more aware, aware of it because I wish I could just oh, it's enjoy the game your ability to just... but as an adult man who, raising children and and. I need to be more aware of this stuff. Because are I, your kids into sports? They are into sports. First of all, this is a different thing, but with the whole concussion issue, I'm going to try my best to dissuade them to play. I would not it's let my dangerous... kids. If Peyton Manning's not going to let his child play football. Right, right. My nephew's it's, playing, they yeah. love it, and I hate. I, I love that they love it. No, but, but my head... child is not playing anything else. Right, I, I know. No football. I know. I, I feel that way. But then things like, you know, and this, this current commissioner of the NFL – you get listen this whole thing for eight months. All they heard about was did Brady tell the ball boys to let air Deflated out of the football? That. Right, all right, fine. Whether guilty, not guilty, whatever it is, fine. The commissioner comes out and suspends him four games for possibly knowing that somebody let air out of a football. Great, fine. But you saw a video, and it was proven. Both security said that the NFL saw the video. Of an elevator of a player knock his wife out, knock his girlfriend out, a video, drag her body out, unconscious body out of the elevator, punched her in the head and knocked her out, dragged her out of the elevator, and you're going to suspend him two games and you suspend Tom Brady four for letting air out of a football? Oh, I didn't even make that connection. I just that's fucked up. That's fucked up. And then it was only after the backlash of everybody going, are you kidding me? After they released the video of what NFL didn't think that video was ever going to get released. And they said, yeah. oh, two, because we're unclear of what happened. Video got released. Security guard at the hotel and the head of security NFL both said, we all sat there and watched it together. He saw it. After that, then they come back and go, oh, okay, then he's, he's indefinitely suspended. Really? That's what it took? Is he still suspended? Uh, no, he's been. I believe he's been reinstated, but no team is. Picking is he him a up. really no good team. player? He's a great player, but no team's picking him up, which is great, right? These wow. teams are saying, 
we got to chill. Now, listen, I'm also a guy who believes in second chances, but that that's tough for me to for me to get over. But then this whole Tom Brady, we spent eight months talking about did he take air out of a football because you're going to suspend him four games. And the reason why is because if you cheated the game, then that's cheating them out of some money. Is what that's I, what it's about. I think is a, So that kind of stuff, I'm watching football. I love football. But God, in the back of my mind, this concussion issues in the back of my mind. Uh, I think it's Alden Smith right now who just got picked up by another team in the past two years, been arrested five times. And you're talking about character, letting air out of a football. Like, there's more character issues. So mm. these things are in my head watching football, and I, I, and 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 they should be. They should be. I should be having they should to be. make these decisions on. Am I what am I supporting? What do I believe in? But I feel like a hypocrite because I sit down and watch a game because I love the sport. So hey, I'm like I'm people twisted. Love, people love Kobe here. I still love Kobe, and I think he's just. Of what a happened. homophobic yes. rapist, like he's just I think a terrible, terrible, like exactly. And I just people, can't. if he's same winning. with like Kanye, like I don't really want to super homophobic. I don't really want to buy into that Kardashian culture. Right, right, right. right. But like, I, know. I get it. I get. I yeah. think it's just. But so I don't have. I don't have judgment about people that don't. It's just not for me. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. It's and it's this thing that I guess as I get older, I start really. Well, the problem a lot of it, and struggling with this stuff. Well, and the problem a lot of it, not the problem. I think the the difference of even when we were kids is now because if you're a sports star, if you're a music star, if you're a whatever, you immediately have a platform because of social media. Right. You have a platform that you're making money off of that people buy into, and it and whether we want to admit it or not, people are forming their own character. By what celebrities, sports people do. It's true. And so that's why I think, because some people think, oh, it doesn't matter what they do off the court or off the game. I'm like, well, then they shouldn't be making any other money except for on the court. Right. Then then that's because if that's what this is about, the money goes just when they play. And other than that, no endorsements, no nothing. Right. And so. And you know this, these guys know this signing up. You don't get. I don't have to tell my brother to listen to this show. You don't. He'll you don't. Have something to listen to. You don't. You don't sign a contract and get six and a half million dollars a year just to play football. You, you don't. You I'm don't. Sorry, you get you to, don't to advertise and make that NFL yeah. money. And, and, and not only that, but especially nowadays, you sign that money because people there's a social media presence around you. You, you don't sign. Nobody says like, "Oh, I didn't realize." That people were going to be able to videotape me when I walk to a restaurant. Yes, you do. Yeah, you do. You know, people are going to pick up their phone. They're going to film you because now you're famous. You're on the football field. You you have to live up to that. You just yeah. have to nowadays. And I'm sorry if it wasn't like that for, for for the players back in the 60s and 70s. You know what? It's a different time. It's a different time. So when you sign, some of these signing bonuses are you know $3 million just to sign your name on the paper. Wow. You at least get that money or whatever it is. You know what comes with it. So if you if you fuck up and you are caught fucking up, you 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 knew you were under that pressure, right? You you knew that going into it. So I, I don't have sympathy for those guys. No. I don't. You that's that's the time we live in today, and the money that you're making, and you're getting to play a game. You're getting to play a great game, whatever it is, whatever your sport is, or whatever. Or if you're an actor, you're getting to do film. You know, you're getting to do this stuff. So. Um, you have to take on that responsibility. You just have to. You have to. Yeah. That was a good yeah. one. I'm glad oh, you really? talked oh, about thanks. that. Sports. Okay. Good. Okay, listeners, okay. you can come back now. We okay. stopped talking football. You can come back. Come Patrick Hine is so happy right now. Patrick Hine yeah. is a straight dude who you would like. Uh, who, he's the one that designed my, my website and does everything. PMA oh, I love, I love Patrick. Your... Patrick oh, okay. Hine does artwork. I can't again. That guy's talented. That guy's great. His wife, Megan, 
was on the show, an actress. Um, love her. Love him. We're going to go see Hocus Pocus next month, and I can't wait. It's wait. at the El Capitan. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, God. I want him to make a second movie of that so bad. All right. So we're at, oh, we're so good. We're like an hour six. Look at us. All right. Okay. We're at Chatty Roll. Maddie questions. Oh, good. So yes, you know yes, these. Yes, now, yes, I, I just this. kind of started switching them up around for like this. Uh, sure. So I'm, but I didn't write them down. So I'm going to have to remember. Okay. I said, oh, I remember some of these. So, you know, I'm a host, so I try. So first <laughs> chatty matic question, which is, is, what is your favorite childhood smell? Okay. When I first heard you ask this question, the first thing that came to mind, I've tried so hard to think of a, a different one because it's, because it's, it's not like a great smell. If but, it's poop, it's fine. No, <laughs> <laughs> but I just have to realize the only the thing that I remember that is so vivid to me, and and not to stay on this topic, is Saturday mornings, first year I played football. What was I eight nine years old? Oh, yeah, those football pants coming out of the dryer, and you can never get them clean. Whatever cheap material they use, just held on to sweat, no matter how many times you washed them. Uh-huh. Pull. So now it's not only sweat, but it's like hot, dry <laughs> in the dryer sweat. But I got to put my pads. You have to put your pads. You have to, so put, you have to fold them inside out. You put your <laughs> you put your knee pads in. You put your you put your. Uh, um, I remember my pads. brother doing it. I was I, I was so confused by it. I was like, <laughs> what? It was like a jigsaw. It was puzzle. like church. It was like Aww. Saturday mornings. I would watch inside the NFL while I put my pads. And that smell of that, it's bad. Like dry, sweaty, hot. Coming out of that dress meant I had a game today. And Aww. that smell, I will never forget that. And sitting there on Saturday mornings putting those pads in your pants meant you were going to play football today. And that, and then I actually went, went to junior high school and played for them. And that locker room smelled like that, which is disgusting. You can imagine how disgusting. Gross. But yeah, I smell that and it's like, it's football time. It's time to play. And I wish I had something more delightful, but that's the only thing. My that- brother is crying right now. <laughs> he's probably crying. Going, I did that too. He's right. not. My brother doesn't listen to the show because he's right. stupid. But he's not. He's busy. But, but no, I think a lot of people. That's the kind of thing that I remember. Because it's so, that smell yeah, is so. Distinct. Uh, distinct. You're never going to smell good, that. Distinct, good, yeah. distinct, bad, whatever. But so distinct that like. But that told me, like, oh, today's a good day. Today's going to be a good day because I get to go play. I'd say that's one of my favorite answers. Really? <laughs> it's that just, stinky, sweaty thing. I'm just not saying that because imagine you're sweaty. No, <laughs> literally one of my favorite answers. <laughs> okay, so let's see. I had um, – okay, um, okay, I know what I was going to ask. So another question I just kind of came up with um, yeah. recently is what day that you've had in your life so far would be your Groundhog Day? What would be the day that you would oh, just that you love? Oh, that you get to live over and over again. You get to live over and over again. That's fantastic. You know what? It's funny. People say, ah, the day your children are born, the best day of your life. For me, that would be what? exhausting. That, not only was it exhausting, but you're, you're worried. Are they healthy? My, my, is my it's, wife healthy? Did she make it up? I was up. I had been up for like 30 hours. My, my brother surprised me and showed up at the hospital. And Matt, for a moment, I had gone, I had gone like down to the cafeteria. I had gone to get something to eat, come back. My brother was standing there. In the room with my wife, it didn't make any sense. My brother isn't supposed to be in L.A. He lives in Denver, and like, and I was sleep deprived. It was this, I couldn't figure out what's happening right now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And then you worry about your kids. So that day, I'm sorry, is not one of the best days of my. That was a worry. T- that was no, horrible, I I get that. I get that. Day. I get that. But the first thing that does come to mind, one of the greatest days was my wedding. My wedding. Those pictures were beautiful. I remember. Oh, because there was only like nine. I think nine people. That was it, really, total. A friend of ours, a very close friend of mine, uh, uh, my friend Todd Waite, who's just this beautiful 
uh, beautiful man, um, married us, my wife and I. My brother was my best man. Um, my wife had a maid of honor, and then we had two like m- musicians play, her mother, my parents, and then I had one friend. I think that was it. Oh, wow. And it was out on the lawn in this bed and breakfast. We kind of took over like five rooms, and we took all the rooms. And one of the greatest things when we – so we had this real little cute ceremony, and my friend Todd wrote some beautiful, hilarious stuff to say. It was so fun. And then afterwards to take pictures, this thing is kind of known for – it's in a place where like bikers and runners, it's this perfect kind of central location where they all stop, go to the pub, sit out on the lawn with their beers, right? Mm -hmm. And all these people in bike gear with their beers. And we walked over there to ask them for a picture. And they thought we were going to ask them, can you guys move so we can get a picture? But we wanted a picture with all of them because that's kind of where we were. We have some great pictures of my wife and I. Because you did triathlons like biking and all that. Yeah, we were pretty competitive. And so we – it's us with a bunch of people – with their beers who are half lit sitting on the lawn with their bikes and stuff and us in tux and, and wedding gowns sitting in the middle of it. And we just That's, had a blast. I didn't see that picture. I we had a blast picture. with that. That day, just from top to bottom, I started the morning with a run with my brother and then um, just hanging out with Todd because he was there. And, and my dad, the truth is that's probably the last time my dad really looked good. He, he, oh. he died of cancer, had a, had a five-year fight with cancer oh, and was sorry. really, yeah. Um, uh, thank you. But, uh, but that, my dad looked healthy and that was a great day. That was a great day. Yeah. Did your father ever meet your children? He did. Yes. Um, only a couple of times in the last time he was he was couldn't um, wasn't really present. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But he did. We did bring him in um, right at the beginning of, of the fight. He had a tough. He had a tough time. I tell you what, Matt. I I hope there's reincarnation because I hope. He gets another shot. He had a rough life, my dad. Mm. He had a tough life, and it ended bad. It just, he just struggled, and he fought so hard, and it was so tough. I, Cancer is terrible. It, 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 it's, it's, it's nasty. Really, it's nasty. And my it, aunt died in, um, man, it, in it's tough. April. It really— In April. In oh, April. God. She was like my second mom. Um, oh, I'm but sorry. No, it, it was— it was yeah. complicated because we were really close and we were still very close, but then she became very religious and very like mm. that because I was gay. That was a sure. problem. Um, but still I loved her with all my heart. Um, my mom's best friends forever. And, um, but I've never, it was the first time I'd seen somebody pass away before. Yeah. And I've never seen anybody, um, like my grandfather, thank God, was working out in the field and had a heart attack the way he wanted right, to go. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and my grandmother had cancer, but I wasn't there to see it. Right. Yeah. Um. Uh. But I've never seen something take away people's humanity so that's exactly quickly. that's exactly right. That's I think exactly. if I ever had cancer and I knew I was dying, I would. I think I would. Almost not even as much for me, but for my loved ones, move to some place like Oregon or something where at a point I could go out on your terms. I could go out on my terms at the time you want to go. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I hear you. That was that was tough. So I like to remember when I think about my dad. I remember him. There's a very clear picture of him at my wedding, and I, I think of that as my father. You know, how he was very mm. proud of me and he looks good. And there's these great pictures of my brother and I before we're like waiting to kind of walk down the aisle, which is all, we're just all standing on the lawn. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. And he and I, there's a series of pictures, he and I just cracking up laughing because it's so funny because my friend Todd, who married us, six foot four, beautiful, handsome man. And 
is gay and can put on just – he can put on the gay when he wants. He's yeah. pretty ethnic. He's so great. But he decided to go uh, – the, the flowers weren't really – the flower petals weren't really put out so well. So he kind of went on his own and kind of picked them up and put them back out. And my brother said – you know, Todd's always wanted to be a flower girl. And it just, I just lost my shit. And I started laughing so hard. And there's great pictures of me just, lo- just laughing. So no one can make me laugh like my brother. My brother is so sharp. And so those are the things I, I remember. And it's just, that's a great day. That was a oh, great day. That's a great, I, that was oh, a great oh, sorry, day. Sophie, I didn't mean to get you there. I didn't know you were down there, puppy. Um, I totally got lost that's in that. That's a great um, question. That's a great question. Oh, thanks. Um, so, okay. Um, Next question. Yeah. What'd be, what would be the name of your memoir? Um, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I just said this. Um, a, a, a very close friend of mine. It's funny because he and I kind of just became friends. But you know those people you meet and you just get. Yeah. His name is Breon Davis. Got to look this guy up. He not only a great actor. He's got this film that's just tearing up. It's his foreign film he shot in Columbia. Wonderful, wonderful guy. A guy that I can be open with and say, it's kind of immediately we start talking and I can say, I feel this way about things sometimes and I feel this way sometimes and uh, sexually and politically, all this stuff. And he wrote to me one time describing me as a um, fantastic anomaly. And I was like, hey, that could be my autobiography. I'm, I'm a, I think that's it. I think fantastic anomaly is what he wrote. But yeah, it's like a because. I think that would be it would be something because I can I don't know I seem to I get that because not fit in in normal kind of categories and I tell him all the time it's just because I'm more honest about it than most I think everyone crosses lines and boundaries and feel certain way about certain things but we're just not allowed to talk about it I agree um um but yeah something that like can't uh, my friend Todd would probably describe in the same way cuz I'm very open with him too uh, about things and how I feel and um, it's hard to kind of nail down. I even hear myself saying things and I go, wow, that's really unlike me, but that's really how I feel about that situation. Um, Oh, I love that. We have have this idea of who we are, but it's not actually what we feel. Yes, and that happens to me all the time and I'm like, wow, maybe I'm not that. You know my favorite, one of my favorite quotes, uh, Kenny Rogers quote said about Dolly Parton. I've said this on the show before. Oh, I bring it. But Kenny Rogers loves Dolly Parton, and he says one of the, he feels like one of their um, kind of binding things that he said he, why he relates to her or loves her so much is that <clears throat> pardon me he believes people have three parts of themselves. Mm. This is actually what inspired me to teach my acting my commercial class because a lot of commercial class you're acting but you're also being yourself. Yeah, very right. much. Sure. So it's kind of a it's tricky melding yeah, that sure. melding that. Um, those selves, and so Kenny Rogers said, "What I love about Dolly Parton is that I believe in our life that we that our." He said, "Whatever it's religion, spirituality, science, whatever it is," he said, "I think that our purpose on here is that we have three selves. We have the person we really are, the person we think people see us as, and the person we try to try to show to people." Oh. And he said, and our goal in life is to get those three three things as close together as possible, so that way they're so right. they're so sewn together you don't even see That's the seams. Fantastic. And That's I love that. And right, right. So. Um, Kenny anyway, Rogers. I think that Kenny Rogers. that's got no I one think to hold you him. just yeah, I no know, one no one hold him. Him. I think you just brought that up. <laughs> I thought that, you were going to say that. I was like, yeah. I don't know how that pertains, man. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, no, 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 that's you know, that's you, true. You, you say something, you go, but wait a minute, that's maybe the person I thought I was 
giving to people, but that's actually not who I am. Right. It, so it's that moment of like sewing those together a little closer. That's true. And with these close people in my life, I feel like I just kind of I, I love that having that person that you can open up to and you don't have to worry about what you're you say. total renaissance man. You can too. say whatever. What you, you're really like, like and I mean that like you're you're learned, you're <laughs> you're intelligent, but then you're like sometimes even when you've talked to Michelle, like sometimes you'll sound like you're eighty. Like you'll say, Well, let me tell you, Matt. And it's like it's an eighty year old man. Right. But then you have this like curiosity of like a Peter Pan child, almost oh. like like that you're stuck into, and wow. yeah, I mean, thank you, Matt. Thank you. Anyway, like you, so I, yes. I think that's a great title for a memoir. Uh, yes, right. I, I think. That's that, all right, so we're on the third question. So all right. I'm trying to remember Jay this Maddie. other. What was it? Oh, whatever. Well, I have them. So, um, uh, alcoholic drink you can't drink anymore because you got drunker than Cooter Brown. On oh God, Cooter Brown <laughs> is that? Is that? Is that a Southern? Do it people know a, who Cooter Brown is? He, 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 do he got so drunk he, he wouldn't go in the war? It's because he, he yes. didn't want to go in the war, right? Yes, yes, he, yes, yes. He just he kept he kept drinking, he kept so, drinking, so he so he wouldn't be drafted. Yeah, in Civil right, War. Yeah, yeah. Cooter, Cooter Brown. Cooter Brown. But it's do people know that? They do now. Oh, the people that it. listen to the Dear Maddie show know that. They know, but Coot- I don't think a lot of people out here know that. No, no Cooter Brown. Um, yeah, I hadn't heard that in so long when I heard you on the show, and I was, uh, that made me laugh out loud because <laughs> it just took me back. I'm like, oh wow, Cooter Brown. First time I heard it, I think it was in high school, like yeah. a party. You'd be like, he's drunker than Cooter, Cooter Brown. Brown. That's it. That's it. Right. Yeah, drunker than Cooter. That is true. Okay, so um, I've sworn off whiskey a number of times. <laughs> <laughs> this is never. I can't do this. But I've never actually given anything up. But I will tell you quickly, two really close friends of mine, we went, uh, we went up camping recently, and I beer before liquor, never sicker. I don't know if that's yeah. true or not, but I did beer, liquor, smoked some weed, and then ate all the kind of food that you bring on a camping trip, all the comfort oh. food, and I just kept going. On, and man, bad news. I was up all night. And then on the drive back, it's up around 7,000 feet. It's up, uh, up oh, Angeles Crest. You're curving. And I get carsick when I'm perfectly sober and perfectly healthy. I get carsick. Those turns, uh, my, thank goodness, my dear friend Curtis Rainsbury had to pull over, I think it was three or four times on this little three-mile stretch just so I could vomit. Man, I was so sick. I was so sick. That's the worst. Um, And so, and I, that was one of those throwing up going, never, I'm never gonna, I'm not gonna, well, I. I won't mix again. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I haven't. I won't. I won't. I won't mix again. So yeah, mixing. I gotta. I just gotta be careful with mixing. And listen, as I get older, I mean, it's. I can't. I just can't do it. I feel even a few drinks. I feel it. I yeah, gotta, I, I gotta pay attention. I really do. So yeah, that that was that was brutal. It's better when you're healthier too, because I've after that commercial in my underwear i decided to be healthier and so i lost 16 pounds actually within like good for this you. last like four Wait, months but you didn't look not like you looked fat on that commercial no but i was like 204 and i was like no mm, i don't need no. to be over 200 it's... pounds i need to be healthier than that and yeah. so i like did this i did it this like cleansing but not like a drinking juice like i did it right. cleanse to like really figure out my sinuses so i Stopped. It was very scientific. I stopped eating sugar, and okay. then I ate sugar again to see what it did to my body. Okay, right, right. I stopped eating gluten to see what it did. Found okay. out gluten doesn't bother me. Found Good, out right. I'm a little lactose intolerant. Didn't know that. Oh, wow. You know, found wow. out 
one cup of coffee, I'm cool with. But having a nice tea even during the day, yeah. that affects my sleep. It was really wow, cool. Very scientific, great. and I learned right. a lot about and my do body. do it yourself, right, right. But I found I can drink so much better now. Because <laughs> you're... <laughs> yes! Like yes. Before I get kind of heartburn and like I feel gross, yeah, and right, I'm like, right. now, like, give me another beer. You're healthy, yeah, drop so, it down. You can handle it. Just helps me Good gain to it know. all back. Um, <laughs> right. All right. Uh, I think this is our last question. Okay, so okay. Uh, when are you most inspired? I love that you asked that I love that you asked that question. Um, and I have to say, I'm most inspired when I'm doing. Um, nothing inspires me like actually putting a foot in the water and, and, and doing it. Um, for instance, I, one mm-hmm. thing I love, I love running in, in the mountains. Today, I got out of rehearsal a little earlier than I expected, and I just took off. It was raining up where I live, and I, a, a run in the mountains in the rain, there's nothing like it. Mm. Run up a trail and... Um, but some days I, I, I'll like, ah, I don't really feel like it. I feel kind of uninspired to get the shoes on and to go to the trail. But I make myself do it because as soon as I step on the trail, I feel the inspiration. Sometimes I haven't had an audition in a while. I didn't go to class for whatever reason, and I'm just kind of down. I'm not inspired. I make mm. myself get to class or get a script or show up or audition for something, and man, it all comes rushing back to me. So mm. I have to really pay attention to that because I have people in my life that inspire me and, and music. And all that. I'm always looking for inspiration, but nothing really inspires me like actually doing. Just sometimes you just have to get there. Just, mm. my, my whole motto last year was just show up. Whatever mm. it was, just show up. Right, because I can easily listen. I can easily sit on the couch and say, "You know what? I took care of the kids today. I got them to school. They did their homework. They, you know, I don't need to do anything else. I'm fine. I'm going to sit right here." And that would be easy to do, and I would be fine with that. But actually doing, saying, "Okay, I'm going to go to this acting class tonight," and when I get there, when I get that script, man, I'm so happy I did because now I feel energized, and I leave the class feeling energized. And the next day, Mm. you know, for me. I just have to stay active. I have to keep moving. And so whenever I'm in the middle of a process, whenever I'm doing something, I, I, feel, I feel great. I feel, um, I feel really inspired by, by doing whatever it is. And I 100% agree. Right. It was, um, I think I've talked about this too on the show before. The, there's a book called The, the War of Art. The the war on art. Yeah. The war of art. Not war the art of, of war. war. No, right. The war of art. The war of art. My friend Curtis, who had to pull over me throwing up, gave me that book. Yeah. Yes. And in the book, he talks about that artist. We always, this is, Again, this is something yes. that informed very much my class, is that we have the what he calls the resistance. And that happens every day. Was, yes. And we feel like, I need to be inspired. But actually, we get inspired because we beat the resistance. Yes. Not because inspiration comes that's true they, they, they talk about you just so eloquently describe that you're right they talk about writers who put say okay from 8 a.m to 2 p.m i'm writing no matter what no matter what no matter and they say it's in i've tried to write some stuff before until i read about right and they say the inspiration comes when the when the pen's on the paper right you, you'll sit yes. down with we'll sit down with no idea or one idea but in the act of doing act right of and writing and i feel that way about what Writing, I, I try. Do. I sound like dialogue from Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. Is that maybe Zelda on a good day? Maybe. <laughs> a 
Like it's just not. <laughs> I know. I, I, it's brilliant in my mind. And then it's I go to write and I'm like, God, that's terrible. Yeah, I can do jokes. I, that's, I but know, no, I yeah, it's either. pen to paper. 100%. Doing, just do whatever it is. If you're looking for inspiration, just do, start doing it. Yeah. I, I, I have to, I remind myself of that all the time. My wife too would be like, you're, you know, you're in a bad mood. You want to go run? Why don't you go, why don't you get out there and go, why don't you go do something? Why don't you go to this workshop or go to this class? Cause I'll just start kind of moping around and feeling uninspired. Oh, that's great that she inspires you to do that. Thank I'm, I'm married way up. <laughs> Don't tell her I said that because she, she can do much better than me. I married way up. Yeah. That's awesome. And then she gave me two boys. What do you know? Yeah. What do you know? I, I lucked out. I lucked out there. Oh, yeah. it's wonderful. It, 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 um, it's nice. This is what I love about Facebook and, uh, and the internet and a lot of things is that when you see someone and you know someone from a, think about, you think about anybody who's listening right now, think about people you know, and you, you think about, oh, I wonder what happened to that person. Right. And it's so wonderful that I get to see you after the whatever happened eight years oh, later and see right. that you're so, you're flourishing. And it just like settles my heart. So oh, I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you. Thank it's you, Matt. Just awesome. I can't, I'm, yeah, I'm really happy that that, that we reconnected. Yeah, well, like I said, though, I was stalking you for a while. You were. So, so hey, you I stalked you, and you I were friends. At the of the, you know. <laughs> so it's just all cyclical. And now I want to stalk. I do stalk your children because. Oh, you got to so come bad. over. You, I would, they are so fun right now. They're so fun. I'm telling you, Uncle Maddie, I'm fucking ready over. to bring it. My nephews are all grown up now, and so yeah, come they over. still love me, but I miss it. They're yes, right. Gone. Yeah, come over. They're they're fun. Well, tell everybody where they can find all things Ty Ashley Mayberry. Yeah, please. And again, contact your show. Ty, yes, yes, please contact me. Actually, Facebook's probably the, the easiest thing. Okay. Just look up, yeah. Um, look me up on Facebook, and um, and please, yes, uh, Scott and him at the Falcon Theater. If you've never been in the Falcon Theater, it's I haven't. beautiful, intimate space. Only seats like 130. Oh, wow. And, yeah, but it's perfect. It's designed just right. It's really intimate. Um, really nice. And this play is a perfect fit for that theater. And then it's these two kind of historical American writers and all the stuff in their life that you've heard about. They they address it all in the play. They address it all. And there's a couple of nice twists in the play. And then there's this third character who is keeping Fitzgerald on task. And she's probably the smartest one in the room. Oh, wow. A great, strong female character in a play. It's it's great. Scott and him at the Falcon Theater. Come check it out. When's and it please, run? It runs October 14th through November 15th. Okay. And yeah, hit me up on Facebook. Let me know if you're coming. And so, you know, say, hey, I heard you on, heard you on the Maddie show and I'll, I'll, you know, I'm coming sugar. Come with me. Yeah. Come Come with me. Check it out. Well, thank you. Thank you. Everybody else, you know, the drill, go to dearmaddieshow.com. Send in your questions. Um, we, I always get questions that are right at the last minute. I think I'm not going to have them, and then I get them. But still, just ease my mind. Ease my mind. Send me some questions. Uh, you can find everything the Matt Mar on um, Twitter and uh, Instagram and all that good stuff. And thank you again, Tyus and Mayberry. Thank you. I love you. you. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank and, you, Matt Mar. Um, yeah, go do something for someone this week, and we'll see you next week. All right, bye. Bye bye.